thoughts. We use them to form sentences or paragraphs or entire stories. They allow us to express our feelings or our desires. Uh, in fact, the other day while playing golf, we were joking around saying that anything that was said after a shot could be used in the sermon today. But just thinking about words, they're pretty powerful. Like powerful in the fact of sometimes they help us understand concepts that we would have no idea on how things work. Or maybe they help us understand how someone else feels. However, if words aren't used correctly, we might end up being confused. It might be unclear as to what was meant or how something runs. Words, they can leave us entertained. They can inspire us. Sometimes even that passion can lead to some sort of action. Words, they can cause us to be angry. Sometimes we can be happy after hearing certain things. Sometimes, based off what someone says, we can be bitter or even hurt. On the flip side, the right word at the right time can definitely bring comfort. Sometimes words can create laughter, and it can completely change the mood as to whatever the room was like beforehand. Words, they can help build someone up, and they can also tear someone down. And I would imagine that you have experienced both in your life. And so these words, they can be used positively or negatively. And so in Proverbs, there are over a hundred different verses that talk about how we should use our words. And so as I was reading through them, I put them into different categories based off their topic. But the thing that I want to look at this morning is the verses that contrasted things and somehow say, this is the way to do something positively, but here's what happens if you do it negatively. And so those are the verses that I want to look at this morning. And so simply what we're going to do is we're going to look at scripture and I'm going to do a little bit of commentary, but at the end of looking at all these things, then I'm going to tie everything up and say, here are some things that we should know. This is what we should do with our words based off of what we saw today in Proverbs. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to chapter 10. We're going to be going through chronologically, so there's not as much turning forward and backwards. We're going to go one direction. Or if you have the app, all of the verses are right there in order. Um, but we're going to be looking and just seeing what is it that Solomon says specifically about our words. So the first one that we're looking at is chapter 10, verse 11. All right. Proverbs 10, verse 11 says this. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. But violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. And so the words you use, it brings about benefits or it brings about destruction. And the consequences are based on what you say, which interestingly enough, last week we talked all about the heart. And in the New Testament, we read that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so again, what you say brings about benefits or destruction. If we look three verses later on chapter 10, verse 14, it says, Wise men store up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool invites ruin. And so when you're talking, like, do you often talk and you run your mouth, or do you choose to sometimes actually quiet your mouth and listen and learn? If we simply run our mouth, then that brings about ruin. In verse 21 of chapter 10, that's the next verse we're looking at. It says this, the lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of judgment. 
And so positive words, they can encourage other people as they are living, but you see the foolish die because they're not listening well. They choose not to, to be wise in their decisions. So they might hear something and just kind of push it to the side. Oh, but the righteous, they don't fall into that because they're listening to what is in front of them. Chapter 10, verses 31 and 32. It says, The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but a perverse tongue will be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is fitting, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. And so wisdom and things that should be said, those come from the mouth of the righteous, but out of the mouth of the wicked comes perversity and there will be punishment because of your words. Going to chapter 11, verse 9. Okay, next chapter, chapter 11, verse 9, it says this. With his mouth, the godless destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge the righteous escape. And so our godless words, they can bring someone else down, but the righteous, they choose to understand what is being said. And so therefore they escape this destruction by not following after the evil things that are said. And so do you pay attention to that which is said, or do you fall into the destructive words that are said by someone else? Verses 11 through 13 of chapter 11. This is what it says. Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. A man who lacks judgment derides his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his tongue. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. And so in those three verses, back to back to back, you see this idea of the good side of words, that a city, they are blessed. People are blessed by good words. You see that someone is able to hold their tongue. They know when to speak and when not to speak. They are able to keep secrets that are passed on to them. But on the negative side, you see the city that is destroyed, that words can just bring about destruction. You see someone who is verbally despising his neighbor. You see this idea of someone betraying their confidence by telling everyone else the gossip that they've heard. So which side are you on? Turn to chapter 12, verse 6. Proverbs 12, verse 6 is the next verse. It says, The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the speech of the upright rescues them. And so again, wicked words, they are looking to bring other people down, which in turn can also bring you down, but positive words, they can rescue you from harm. When you know what to say in the right situation, you can be rescued. Verse 13 of chapter 12 says this, An evil man is trapped by his sinful talk, but a righteous man escapes trouble. And so again, you hear this idea, trouble or freedom is brought about by the words you choose. Two completely different results. Go down to verse 17 of chapter 12. It says, A truthful witness gives honest testimony, but a false witness tells lies. And so what you say tells who you are. Are you someone who is truthful or not? The very next verse, verse 18 of chapter 12, says, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So hurt or healing, what you uh, do like is brought about by the words that you say. And you too have probably felt comfort from words that people have said and probably felt pain. Verse 19 of chapter 12, just kind of again, right in a row. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. 
lies, they don't make much of an impact in people's lives, at least a positive one. But if you really want to make an impact, then be someone who speaks truth. Verse 22 of chapter 12. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. So God loves people who are speaking truth, and he hates lying. He hates falsehood. In chapter 13, chapter 13, verse 3, says this, He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. So again, we've heard this concept, the idea that words, they protect or they ruin, and that is not an overstatement. In chapter 14, verse 3, you're going to hear a similar principle. Chapter 14, verse 3. A fool's talk brings a rod to his back, but the lips of the wise protect them. And so punishment or protection, your lips bring about those consequences. Two verses later, in verse 5 of chapter 14, it says, A truthful witness does not deceive, but a false witness pours out lies. And so we've heard this already too. Truth or lies. How are you defined? Verse 9 of chapter 14. Fools mock at making amends for sin, but goodwill is found among the upright. Like, do you want to determine whether you're someone who's foolish or not? Well, when you've made a mistake, do you make fun of the need to, to make up for that or even confess your sin? Or are you someone that owns up to that? Are you someone who is surrounded by favor because of your character and your words. Verse 25 of chapter 14. A truthful witness saves lives, but a false witness is deceitful. And so we've already talked about truth or lies, but here it says your words affect others. Again, both positively or negatively, and you get to choose. Chapter 15, verse 1. This is the next verse. It says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And so in moments of intensity, are you able to answer gently or do you answer just harshly in the first thing that comes out of your mouth based off how you're feeling? Because situations can definitely change based off which set of words you choose to use in the moment. Chapter 15, verse 4 says, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. So again, your words don't just affect you. They build others up. They tear others down, as we've already mentioned. Turn to chapter 20. Chapter 20, verse 3. It's the next verse that is kind of a comparison. And it says, It is to a man's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. And so when there's an argument, like, do you draw yourself to that? Are you wanting to be part of that? Do you have to win? Or do you choose to distance yourself from them, saying, I don't need to be part of this. Like, this isn't my battle to fight. Turn to chapter 28. Chapter 28, we're getting near the end of the book. Chapter 28, verse 13. And here's what's written. He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. So again, this is tied into our heart that we talked about last week, but do you hide your sin? Do you push it down so that hopefully no one will know, or do you choose to confess it? Because if you do the latter, 
you will receive mercy. And the last verse in this section that we're looking at is chapter 29, verse 8. Chapter 29, verse 8. And it says, Mockers stir up a city, but wise men turn away anger. And so dissension or peace, what tends to follow you? And some of that that is following you is, is caused by the words that you use. So just listening to Solomon's wisdom from the Proverbs, it is your choice on how you're going to use your words. It can be this way or it can be that way. It can be positive or it can be negative. And from those verses and some of the other of the hundred that we're not using, I want to basically point out five areas that Solomon instructs his son and essentially you and I as well about how to use our words. The first one is this. We need to speak truth and peace. Speak truth and peace. So there were a lot of verses there you just heard about kind of lies or someone who is deceitful versus this idea of truth. And my question is, do you want people to trust you? Do you want people to be able to trust your words? Because if the answer is yes, then you need to be able to speak truth. Because the more lies that you continue to say and people find out, the trust that people have will not be in you. And so look at your track record. How is it? Are you someone that is truthful? Are you someone that can be trusted? And if you're looking at it saying, man, I have not had a good track record. Like there are these things that I just happened to say and I wish I didn't and I don't know how do I even get about like getting in the right side of things. Can I tell you, you have to simply start building that trust. Like one brick at a time. Every time that you continue to be truthful from this point on, it allows someone to put a little bit more trust in you. And so you and I, if we want people to trust us, we have to speak truth. And even involved in this idea of truth and lies is this word flattery, where we butter someone up with some half-truths. But Proverbs 29.5 says, whoever flatters his neighbor is spreading a net for his feet. Like when you and I, we are not 100% truthful with someone, it can hurt them because maybe they'll take what they said, what we said to them and go and maybe do something they ought not to do. Or sometimes it comes back to hurt us because, well, maybe we didn't fully mean this and it comes back to us. And so you and I, man, it would simply be easier if we just speak truth. We're talking about this idea of speaking truth and peace. There are verse after verse after verse about gossip and dissensions and quarrels. And in Proverbs, Solomon says, you should avoid individuals who continually do these things. Because if you don't, it will bring you down. And if you're the type of person that gets caught up in quarrels and dissensions and gossip, then stop. Because what happens is you are stoking the wrong kinds of fire. And that reputation will be one that follows you around. But the opposite is true as well. If we use words of gentleness and comfort and peace, then people will want to be around you. This idea of truth and peace, there's verses about corrupt talk and slander and mockery and just evil, and nothing good comes from these. I get it in the moment that sometimes you feel just a little bit bigger than the person that you just made fun of. Or maybe you enjoyed that temporary moment where you said that joke that you know really wasn't supposed to be said, but you said it anyway, and people laugh, and so it feels good in that maybe exact moment, but you don't want to be that type of person. We want to make sure that we're placing better things in our junk drawer. Or as we talked about, if you weren't here the last week, we want to make sure that the things that are in our heart really are pure. We want to speak truth and peace. 
Here's a second principle from Proverbs just about our words. We need to bite our tongues. Like sometimes you just need to bite your tongue. Like we heard verses about words of fools that bring destruction. Well, listen to chapter 17, verses 27 and 28. It says, a man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even-tempered. Even a fool is thought-wise if he keeps silent, and discerning if he holds his tongue. You know what? In the moment, if you don't want to show your foolishness, then close your mouth and simply listen You know what? Maybe we don't have to be the person that speaks every time, all the time about whatever situation. Even if we have no idea, we want to be part of the conversation. There is a time to not say anything. We're talking about biting our tongue. There's a verse that talks about not rashly making a vow or making a promise. Like again, I go back to that word trust. Do you want to be someone who's trusted? Then you need to keep your promises. You need to make sure you follow through on those things that you say or don't make a promise at all. You know what? People will see and be able to trust you based on are you following through with the things that you say or not. So let's not flippantly make promises and vows that we have no intention to keep. You know what? There's a verse that talks about when to rebuke someone. It says the wise, they're going to choose to listen. But sometimes you'll try to rebuke a foolish person and they're not going to listen at all. And it's a time to bite your tongue. I was thinking about our society and yep, there's a time and a place to post a comment on social media. And there's a time and place that no one's going to listen. And so it's better just to bite my tongue. We need to know when to speak and know when to guard our mouth because people will label you as wise or foolish partly by how you do this. In fact, the modern day proverb is still true that if you have nothing, uh, if you don't have something nice to say about someone, don't say anything at all. You and I, one of the things, if we want to know how to use our words, there is a time and place to simply bite our tongue. Here's the third thing I see in Proverbs. We need to be wise in your speech. Be wise in your speech. So that means in the words that you say, be wise. When you say them, be wise. But in your actions as well, be wise. Your words and your actions, they need to match up. In verses where wisdom and our words are put together, it always talks about the benefits of wisdom in our speech. There's a connection with knowledge and protection and truth and justice and discernment. Now, just because you know the right thing to say at a moment, it doesn't make you wise. Like if your life doesn't match up with the thing that you're saying, someone will look at it and say, why do I need to listen to you? I want to read a verse that actually made me laugh out loud in my office this week. In chapter 26, verse 9, it says this, like a thorn bush in a drunkard's hand is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. And so it's like just thinking about that imagery, like this drunkard holding this thorn bush, like this proverb that actually is something good. It is useless in his hand. It is harmful to someone who is listening and essentially can be harmful to himself as well. And so just knowing the right thing doesn't mean that you're wise. You know what? When I was coming back from the men's retreat yesterday, I was listening to a CD. And yeah, I listen to CDs still. But anyway, it was a DC Talk CD. There was a quote that came on by Brennan Manning where it says, The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and they walk out the door and they deny him by their lifestyle. It says, That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And if our actions and our words don't match up, then no one's going to choose to believe this truth that we speak. And in the same way, knowing something and doing it has to match up in our life if you and I want to influence other people with our words and with our life. 
And so be wise in your speech. Here's the fourth thing I would tell you. Speak up. Speak up. In chapter 31, verses 8 and 9, it says, Speak up for the destitute. Or no, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Like you and I, we are not called to be Christians only in this building on Saturday night or Sunday morning. And being a Christian means that we care about people who are around us, not just focused on ourselves. And that means if we see something wrong being done to someone else, like we need to come alongside. We need to let our voices be heard. We need to step in and help. And I understand that can be scary. I also understand that needs to be done with wisdom. But we're called to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. And even with this idea of speaking up, we heard a verse a while ago that talked about confessing sin, that as we do, we'll receive mercy from God. And so often, when we confess it and apologize, we receive mercy from others. So let's not just cover up that sin. Let's confess and instead get to experience the freedom that God wants us to have. Here's the fifth area of things that I would say Solomon says here. Speak words of life. Speak words of life. You heard a lot of verses about how good words protect or they build up or they're a blessing to those who hear them. In chapter 12, verse 25, it says, An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. There's some other verses that talk about how good is a timely word or how pleasant words are a honeycomb or an honest answer is like a kiss or the tongue it has the power of life and death. The words we use, they can have an eternal impact. So speak words that love. Speak words that forgive. Speak words that ask for forgiveness. Speak words that point towards the kingdom of God. Speak words that point out true identity. Speak words that focus on beauty, that graciously help direct the lost that stir up an excitement about eternity, that comfort the hurting, that bring peace to friction, that fights for the overlooked, that simply is Jesus to anyone you meet. Now, one major point that I want you to hear before you leave this morning is this. Like, it's easy to hear everything that I've just said and feel like I'm giving you a whole bunch of rules. Like, ah, I gotta follow all these things. But I would love for you to change your perspective. Instead, remember what we've read. This is Solomon writing specifically to his son, giving him uh, bits of wisdom. And, and want you, I want you to know how to live so that you get to experience the best life possible. And so therefore, speak truth so that you might be trusted. Bite your tongue so that you, it saves you from so much regret. Speak wisely so that people will actually listen. Speak up to make a difference in your life and in the life of others. Speak words of life to influence and literally direct other people's lives. And man, when you hear it that way, it doesn't seem like such this huge list of rules anymore. It seems like a loving father only wanting what is best for his child. And so let's use our words well. I mean, when Jesus walked on this earth, he said things like, you are loved. 
neither do I condemn you. Go in peace. Go and sin no more. The kingdom of heaven is like, I will make you fishers of men. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? I am with you always to the very end of the age. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. I am the way and the truth and the life. And everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Jesus, he spoke life and he gave life. And you and I, we don't have the power to give life like Jesus did, but oh, by our words, we can point to the one who gives real life. But it's your choice. Will you use your words positively or negatively? And even though this is a sermon on words, in John chapter one, Jesus is actually called the word. And in that chapter, we read about how the word was with God at the beginning and how he helped make all things and how he was the light in the darkness. And because he died on a cross, he gave us the right to become children of God. We sang about it just a while ago that there is a place for you. But just like which words you will use, it's also your choice to accept that real life or not. But true freedom is found in him. And so hear my words as I tell you. that If you've never chosen to follow him, then really seek him. Really look for him because you will find him. And his reply when you see him face to face will be, I love you, my child. Will you pray with me? God, I'm thankful that we can live our lives completely um, for you and in you and with you. So God, these, these words like in James, it tells us it's hard to control our tongue but God, I pray that we'd remember the bigger picture and why we're doing these things. And even just the moments that it helps us out by not leading us into destruction or, or just like we regret certain things because of the words that we've said. God, help us this week to have our eyes open to opportunities that we could encourage others, that we could build others up. And God, I pray that even in our own minds, if we're wrestling with truth and lies, help us to hear your voice and your truth to know who we are and what you've called us to. God, I thank you just for your word and we continue to dive into it and our lives want to just bring you honor and glory. So thank you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen.